Nexus Church is all about cultivating an authentic Christian community where old and young alike journey with Jesus and are transformed by the gospel. May we be challenged and inspired by the power of His Word. It's so good to see you. I'm excited about sharing the word. Thank you, Wayne. Actually, Wayne, I'm going to ask you to take that down. The last few times I've almost bumped it, so I appreciate it. Thank you so much, sir. It is all, yeah, you did a great job, yes. Yeah. Sorry, Wayne. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we'll applaud you, yes. Well done, well done. Thank you, sir. Thank you. It's such a joy, and I always love coming and sharing, and as I look across this room, I'm excited to just have this time where we can just lean into what God is wanting to speak to us through His Word, and and I am so, of late I've been again so touched by the power of His Word, the comfort of His Word, the strength that comes through His Word, and so I encourage you to lean in as we share. Um, I want to ask first, who here has ever traveled? Let's go with that general question. Yes. All right. Recently, as you know, with the Japan trip, we got to travel. And I realized once again the great joy and the experience of actually coming home. Of that feeling where it's like, you know that saying, there's no place like coming home. I've shared about this before here. But I experienced that afresh again. There's no place like coming home. Who has their favorite pillow? I do. It was nothing like lying down on that pillow, even after 12 days of being away. God, oh, this is my pillow. This feels so good. Who has your favorite thing at home? What is your favorite thing? Some it's your chair, some it's your TV, some it's just, there's something about just that feeling of coming home, right? There's nothing like that feeling. In fact, studies, and I've shared this before, studies actually tell us and have found that our physically, we need a place to call home. We need that place. We need that sensation of, this is my chair. I get to go, ha. This is my bed. This is my kitchen. This is my bathroom, whatever. This just feels best doing this here. Feeling of coming home. Physically, studies found, our body needs that. And if our bodies, our physically, we need that place of like that sensation of this is home. How much more, I wonder, do our souls need that place where they go, this is our spiritual home. My soul can actually rest. Ah, That feeling of home. And I would wonder and I would suggest to us that perhaps there's so much anxiety and so much fear and so much hurried weariness and restlessness that we experience, and we've all experienced it, in part because our souls become nomadic. Our souls are wandering, going from one place to the next, from one experience to the next, from one person to the next, Wandering, trying to find for our souls that sensation where we go, I've I've come home. I can rest. The good news is, and I love this about Jesus, is that he speaks to this need. He speaks to this desire. He speaks to this reality of our world where we can be so hurried that we don't even realize we are wearied. He speaks to this. And it's in three simple verses He offers and he invites us with these words. He says, 
Come to me in Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke, or another way of saying this, take my way, the Jesus way upon you, and learn from me. For I am gentle, I am kind, and I am humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. We have heard these words so many times. If you've been around these circles, you've heard them, but man, they've had fresh... Fresh revelation for me. Because I've found myself wearied. I've found myself of late in the last six months in that hurried weariness. And to realize that Jesus puts this on the table for us. Actually for all of us. Not just those listening then. But actually on the table. It's been a revelation again for me. And I'll put it this way. First thought. Liz is someone who loves gifts. She loves receiving gifts. She's a gifts person. She's someone who wished I would do better with gifts. Here's <laughs> the reality of it. 15 years in, I know that's how she feels loved. But I've got to improve, don't I, Liz? <laughs> she loves gifts. And if Liz said to me, every week you have to give me a gift or else, which is totally in her nature, <laughs> You have to give me a gift or else. I would do it. But how many know that's not going to be a gift she's receiving? She's getting something. But the reality is a gift is only a gift when it's freely given from the heart, right? And here Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give, I will gift you rest for your souls. This is not something that he is compelled to do. This is something God freely of his own volition from his heart says, I am gifting you this offer of rest for your souls. Oh my goodness. Changes things. Because it means we don't earn it. It means we cannot do anything to earn this rest that is truly deep for our soul. It takes earning it off the table. Notice Jesus doesn't say, work harder, give more, be more religious and you'll find rest. He simply says, come. He simply says, come to him. And he invites us to then start to learn and to taste of the rest that he brings. Here is the challenge, but true rest is a gift from God. That's number one. The challenge, if you're like me... (laughs) is that actually to really, I'll put it this way, when a gift is given, we can't earn it. The only thing we have as a choice is to decide whether we receive it. But the challenge for me in receiving this gift of rest, true deep rest for my soul, that place of home for my soul, is actually it means that I have to let go of something. Because my hands can only be full with one thing. To receive a gift, I've got to put something down, right? And the only thing that I am replacing right now in my life that I would find myself filling my hands with to a point where I can't receive is it means laying down the illusion of control. 
It, it means that actually, if you, okay, if, it, if you're like me, I am someone who likes to feel like I have control of, of my world. Is that fair, Liz? Yeah. All right, all right. I, feel, I like that because it gives me a sense of peace. But what I've found is it's an illusion. <laughs> I can so much attach my heart and my life and go, okay, if I just get all these things to a level where I feel like they are in control, my money, my relationships, my work, if I just get all these things to a level where I feel like they are under reasonable control, that I feel a level of peace within my own effort, then I, I think, okay, then I'll be able to truly rest. And I keep working, I keep working. And what I find, and probably what you've found, is you just keep juggling the balls, right? Yeah. You keep juggling the balls. But you, we try to attach our heart and our hope and our trust to the money, to the reputation, to the status, to, to our work, whatever it is. And we go and we hope that that thing, when it's in a reasonable state of control, will, then my soul will truly find a place of rest. Do you relate to that? That's at least me. That's what I find myself in my own efforts trying to do. And in some level for a temporary period on the surface, you do actually get some rest sometimes. But if you're like me again, it's so temporary, that weariness, that restlessness, that tiredness, that longing to really find that place of home actually comes back pretty quick. But Jesus offers not another way. He offers what I would say is the antidote to that, uh, that hurried weariness. It's like the total opposite. It's a total different upside down way of thinking. He offers us this gift of rest. But the challenge is, is to lay it down, that illusion of control. Because we can't hold the two together. And so that, rem that tells us this. A true rest is actually an act of trust. It's actually an act of trust to engage and receive true rest. It's this act of actually going, God, I recognize I am seeking this control in my own effort. And I am choosing to lay that down and pick up trust in you to pick up your gift of rest, that actually I trust that you have your best, your intentions for me are best, that you are for me. I trust that actually you are the one who holds all of your universe and my life in your hands and the one who ultimately is able to control those things, if I put it that way. I trust you. I relinquish the burden of trying to control my whole life and in thinking I will achieve that, that I find rest and I lay it down to pick up your true offer of deep rest for my soul. God's antidote for our hurried weariness. True rest is a gift from God. And true rest is an act of trust. And it sometimes takes recalibrating our lives to the new rhythms that God lays out for us, to start to walk in that. And I want to invite my, my wife up, because I want her to share her journey of this. Last week I heard from many people that they preferred listening to her anyway, so <laughs> I thought we'll just get her up for you guys, and I'll be quiet now. She did a great job last, last week. 
Um, but this is a journey that we've been on, and, and this is more like a chat and a devotional chat, but I hope this ministers to you. You might be there now, you might have been there, or you might be someone, you go, oh, this is not my world right now, and that's cool. But pick up what's being shared, because there's rhythms God gives us to rest, to pick up and receive his gift of rest, that actually put us in amazing stead for great things that he calls us to. But this is a journey, and this has been tough, so I'm going to let Liz share of her path with this. Thank you. So, for those who don't know, in 2020, I experienced incredible burnout in every aspect of my life. I was having heart palpitations, full-blown panic attacks, which I didn't realize were actually panic attacks. I had moments where I could not breathe. I was just struggling to catch any sort of breath and I had no idea what was wrong with me and I could see all these people around me thriving in life. I'm like, why do I feel like I'm drowning and yet I'm carrying the same things as all of you? And it wasn't until I came to that realization of I'm actually not just carrying the same things. I'm trying to do everything and more with my life. And I realized that my work, my heart for church and worship and trying to be there for my friends, everything was just snowballing, one on top of the other, on top of the other. And it got to the point where I just, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do at all. And it wasn't until I sat down and I talked to a psychologist and she was like, oh, yeah, you're having burnout. This is totally normal. You'll be fine. But what hit me most is she said, your first step to recovery is you have to stop. I was like, what? What do you mean stop? I can't stop. And she's like, nope. You have to lay down every aspect of your life and step away. And I really struggled with that. I'm like, oh, can I still just like work and do like worship like twice a week? Is that okay? And she's like, nope, put it all down, lay it all down. And for me, that was such a struggle. For those who don't know, singing is literally my world. I am a singing teacher. That is what I do. And then being a part of this creative team gives me such life and being able to give honor to the most high God in such an incredible way. But in this specific season, God actually took that away. And I realized I was trying to find my identity in my voice. And that's not what he'd called me to do. And I had to come to a point of literally stepping away from my work and I stepped away from the worship team for six months and my work I actually stepped away from a year and I had to hand it over and be like okay God if I never sing again I have to be okay with that and I was it took a while but I was and what I haven't shared yet is with part of those panic attacks came a point where I actually completely lost my voice. I couldn't sing more than five notes, which was a very heavy thing for someone who, whose world is that. 
And it really was that, okay, God, if you want me to move in and do something else, I will. I'm going to lay this down before your throne. And that was the hardest thing I have ever had to do. And I had to learn to be okay with being bored. Let me tell you, that's hard. That is really hard for someone who is very on the go all the time. But I, I had to learn to be okay, to just rest in his presence. And God gave me specific scriptures that, oh boy, did I cling to. And I'm like, all right, God, these are, this is my Rima word. This is what I'm hanging on to. And I know that you've given me these promises. And from these promises, I don't know how long it's going to take. If it's going to be weeks, if it's going to be months, if it's going to be years. But I know that I'm going to get through this and I'm going to be a better person because of it. And this journey that we walked through together was a journey of setting boundaries, of learning how to say no, of learning my actual worth and my value in him, not in me, in him. That was where my value lay. And it has been a journey. It's been a journey of years. I would say I'm still not fully through it, but I'm so, I've come so, so far, so, so far. And I can look back and say I'm proud that I'm no longer that person. I'm so proud that I'm no longer that person. And I know that I'm stronger as a result of that. And I want to encourage you, it's hard to let go of hurry. It's hard to lay everything down and say, hey, Lord, I'm giving this all to you. But it's worth it. It's so worth it. I have, I have more strength. I have more energy than I have ever had before. I have more capacity, I feel, than I thought I did. And I thought I had a very high capacity. But I've also learnt to take moments to breathe. To take moments where I will step back in my week and be like, ooh, that's been a busy week. Lord, I need to recalibrate and come back to you. And I would never have done that before. I would have kept going and thought, oh, I just have to hang on and do this one more thing. You don't. You need to work with your friends, with your work, with church. You need to actually work from that place of rest in Jesus so that he can fill you to that cup filled to overflowing. And from there, you can then speak into the lives of the people around you. But you can't if you're just running on fumes, which I learned the hard way. So I really hope that you don't learn the hard way. Uh, but that's my journey. Thank you, Liz. So much better than listening to me. I hope you picked up there. There's a journey of illusion of control. There's a journey of learning to rest as an act of trust, that you actually let go of those things that are so dear to you, to recalibrate. And we are definitely not saying Liz's story should be everyone's story. The ideal is that God actually invites us into us when we're healthy and when we're doing well. It's about building these rhythms in of trusting God and giving rest into our spaces. Uh, as the team is coming, we, um, there's no easy way to segue this. It's all good. True rest is a gift from God. True rest is an act of trust. True rest, in the last point, is true rest is practiced. 
You heard that from Liz. True rest is practiced. I love sport and I grew up playing team sports and you always have a coach. And it's one thing for the coach to tell you how to do, like when you're learning a new skill, it's one thing for the coach to explain it. It's another thing for the coach to demonstrate it. But there's at one, some point, you got to start having a go and practicing it. And as we look at Jesus, he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest, rest for your soul. And in the midst of that, he says, learn from me. That learning is, he explains it, he demonstrates it, you see it in his life, but then there's a call to practice, to, to, to start to bring the way of Jesus into your reality of his gift of rest. And, and scripture actually through observing Jesus's life, through, through looking through the, the Gospels and then looking throughout Scriptures, there's actually four words that come together when we consider the gift of rest. These themes, that, these rhythms, I would say. And the first is stop, and you heard that from Liz. Whatever work is for us, it's finding rhythms where we do actually stop. The, the second is actually rest, which we've been talking as a macro theme, but on this level, to actually, what is it to mean for you to actually be restful, the act of restfulness. But then there's two others that come in here. One is to celebrate. So you stop, you rest, you celebrate. What is it that brings joy to your soul? We're being super practical. I hope that's okay. What brings joy to your soul? Make sure you do it. For Pastor Nathan, surfing. For me, running. For Liz, being at the beach. It doesn't mean you do it every day, but is there a rhythm of making sure you're doing the things that bring joy to your soul? Because that is receiving the gift of God's rest. But sometimes you can't do that till you find a way to stop. Celebrate, rest. And then the last is worship. Connect with God. Enjoy God's presence. Whatever that means. It's not just a Sunday. Whatever that means. Connect with God. Enjoy His presence. Wherever you find yourself, this can be done in a micro level. This can be done in a macro level. These are rhythms that we see in Jesus' life. These are rhythms we see through Scripture. And it's a part of practicing, not just hearing, learning, or having explained or demonstrated, but actually bring it into our lives to receive His true gift of rest. I don't know where you're at. I find I ebb and flow recognizing that need in my soul. Sometimes I feel that hunger more than other times and I go, okay, I've got to recalibrate. But that hunger, go, man, my soul just needs to come home right now. It needs to just take that moment to come to that place where it can truly just, ha. Ah. And that's a tell for me. Am I, have I picked up the illusion of control again and laid down his gift of receiving his rest? And all of us, that is a part of our walk as we follow Jesus. But man, it is a beautiful thing, His gift of rest. So what does it look like for you? Maybe it is about stop. Maybe it is about restfulness. Maybe it is about celebrating. What's the thing? Joy to your soul. Maybe it's about worship, just enjoying His presence. But He invites us to receive His gift of rest this day. So with that, I'm going to invite us to close our eyes. Maybe you're at that point where, like I've ex described my experiences, you're juggling, the, you're juggling the, the balls of life and you're trying to keep them at a level where it feels like there's, you've got enough control that you can just, all right, rest. 
Maybe that's where you're at right now. Or maybe you just feel heavy and burdened with life. And you're realizing the the desire and the, the longing of your soul for home. Whether you're there or whether you feel like you're going well, the invitation from Jesus is come to me. You who are weary, you who are burdened, and I will give you rest. Learn from me. And you will find rest for your soul. For his way is light. His way is easy. Not easy as in like it's a breeze, but it's joyful. It's light. It's not the burden that we carry when we try to do it on our own. He invites you. So right now, just in this moment, receive his gift of rest afresh. Nothing you've earned of his grace. Let your soul receive afresh his gift of rest. We hope this message encouraged or perhaps even challenged you in your Christian faith. Our pastors meet regularly with people to pray and support them and we extend this invitation to you. Please let us know if we can contact you to offer support. Simply call the office or visit nexuschurch.com.au.